Welcome back to another episode of Valhalla, my wonderful VFLs. Today's episode is brought to you by our great friends over at Parkway Poorhouse. If you're in Chattanooga or in the Chattanooga area and need a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family or a good patio spot, maybe with the puppers, come on down and enjoy a little adult beverage and some good food. Uh, every week we have our watch parties. We're going to do Vols and Titans games. A lot of the Braves going on right now. This is amazing time for all sports. Welcome to coronavirus. Speaking of, Mike Pipe and I are talking Corona versus the SEC. I know it's a hot topic around all the national shows right now. What's going to happen to the SEC and all these people versus us? You know, because it's the only thing that the SEC can't fight right now. We've all heard that stuff. Nick Saban coming down with Corona. We're going to be talking a little bit on what happened last week against Georgia. Let's be honest, nobody really wants to hear that because those last 18 minutes were tough. Uh, Our major keys, again, back this week, our Johnny's major keys versus Kentucky. It's going to be fun. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome back to Valhalla, friends and family. Mike Pipe, today was a big day, man. Um, Nick Saban got COVID. The Bammers don't know what to do because their two fearless leaders, Nick Saban and Donald Trump, both have gotten COVID. Both are going to be fine. Their AD also got COVID, right? Is that who got it? Or the president? Okay. So a lot of, a lot of COVID going around Alabama for the leaders. So there's a lot, there's a lot to take in there. This has been a big, big week, COVID versus the SEC. I know that's been a big hot topic. I don't, did you, uh, do you watch, um, oh, what's the new morning show? It's like Keyshawn and all those, those three guys. No, I haven't. I've seen uh, clips of that on Twitter, but I've never sat down and gotten to watch it. Yeah. It's like Keyshawn J and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're like, uh, I know, I know, Jay was talking this morning, you know, he had, yeah, you got to spin the hot takes. He was like, this is a battle the SEC just can't win after the break. (laughs) You know, it's one of those deals. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's what they're saying. It's because what the LSU, LSU, Florida game pushed back to what next week. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, they're talking about how this is just a battle that the SEC can't win right now. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Uh, that's how you want to spin it. But this is a big week, man. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts so far of COVID versus the SEC? COVID versus the SEC. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's been kind of crazy week. Obviously, Nick Saban getting it. He did report that he uh, doesn't have any symptoms or isn't reporting any symptoms. So, um, he's still been coaching practice via Zoom, according to his, I believe it was his daughter or maybe daughter-in-law. I wasn't really following that super closely on Twitter. But um, yeah, then you've got Florida, who Dan Mullen, after they lost to Texas A&M, was trying to kind of pin the loss on the crowd size and was saying, we need to pack the swamp with 90,000 to give us the best chance to win on Saturday. And then he had an outbreak on his team where I believe it was in the double digits of people that got uh, or that tested positive for COVID um, at Florida. Yeah. And yeah, that's, um, um, hmm. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, probably caused by his wife kissing players before games. You know, that's how it spread. That's how that spread. Yeah. I, I will, I'll, I'll bet on that. 
So if Dan Mullen's <laughs> wife has COVID, we all know. Apparently. We all know where that came think, from. Yeah. <laughs> they did contract trace their contact tracing. And uh, yeah, they traced it back to Dan Mullen's wife, who notoriously kisses players on the lips before <laughs> games uh, each Saturday. So um, not looking great if you're a Florida Gator. Um, not really sure how you can really live with yourself, irregardless of the state of the program, knowing that you're, the first lady of football is out there kissing dudes on the lips. Um, so <laughs> say what you will, but I'll take... Uh, I'll be a Tennessee fan. I'll, I'll take Jeremy Pruitt, even if he's been beaten by Dan Mullen twice at this point. Um, yeah. But moving forward, SEC, COVID, do you think this is as bad as it gets, or do you think that we're going to continue to see disruptions and negative tests throughout the remainder of the year? I legit believe like we're going to see a couple more of these scares the next couple weeks. And that's not a big thing. Like You have to understand like this is what's going to happen. It was the same thing for the Titans. You know, like it's – you know it's going to happen no matter what. There's They're mm-hmm. college kids. They're going right. to go hang out. They're going to go do stuff. They are on campus. Like, they are in classes. They're around. What's on a, what's on a college roster in, in football anyways? You know, 70 guys somewhere around there with practice squad plus staff members. Yeah. You're around 100 people-ish with training staff and everything else. It's going to happen. Most of these guys are asymptomatic or have pretty weak system or system or not systems. Gosh, symptoms. Words are tough. Um, <laughs> and it seems like there's a lot of guys that I've, I've heard that, you know, cough for a couple of days, uh, even down to just lost of taste or smell. And then some people don't even have any symptoms. So I don't know. You don't even know you have it. And you're just going around and you see a bunch of people and, you know, these guys are still having some contact in football. So you're just going to breathe on each other. And if it's anything like me trying to run right now, there's some heavy breathing. So um, not great. But uh, yeah, so, so far, I think, I think it's a very high likelihood you keep seeing a couple week periods where this happens, where you're going to get 12 to... 25 cases do you think i'm Mm. right or wrong yeah no i think um i think that's probably where we're headed uh hopefully this is kind of a wake-up call to the sec and to the teams across the league to hey let's take this seriously um let's not go out and party on the weekends like let's try to make sure that we're maintaining social distancing i say that selfishly because i don't know if i would have done the same thing whenever i was in college but you know, we all want to see football happen, and I think for a lot of these guys, this is their shot at um, making a name for themselves. And and obviously, this doesn't affect their eligibility, so they can come back for a year. But if you want to have a shot at making it to the NFL, um, the SEC is a great stage to to prove yourself on. Um, so I think going forward, I think I think you'll continue to see outbreaks. Um, I think. I don't know that it'll be worse than this week because I think we've seen some outbreaks, LSU, Florida, Alabama. But I do think you'll continue to see um, these kind of flare-ups happen. But it does seem like overwhelmingly it's, like you said, asymptomatic, people without um, really strong symptoms. So that seems to be encouraging and a good sign that at least it's nobody that's been hospitalized or nobody that's you know facing death because we're deciding to play football. I think that's the kind of thing that could potentially shut it down. Um, but 
yeah, mm. I, I feel overall um, encouraged about how the first three weeks have gone. I'm hoping that we can have some good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think we're going to have to almost put good luck into a different category. You know what I'm saying? Because it's you're, as long as they're still playing, I think that it's good luck. You know, until they shut it down, they've built in weeks. The SEC's been smart about it. They knew they're, they preemptively struck. You know, they knew there was going to be a couple extra weeks they're going to need. And it's uh, just going to have to work on that. And they have to figure out ways to contain it as much as they can for each team, but it's going to be tough. That's okay. That's okay because you know this is going to happen. Um, I don't. I don't really know protocols. I've, that's one thing I've not heard is what kind of protocols each teams are doing. And I mean, you can't quarantine these kids all the time, you know, and keep them in some sort of makeshift bubble. But you know, they got to they got to keep working at it. So I don't know. It's mm. uh, it's a tough thing for them. But I I feel optimistic about the year so far. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so hopefully we can kind of keep this train rolling and keep the ball moving and we'll get to enjoy SEC football. Um, yeah. Rolling right along, what are your expectations for Saturday? Do you want to touch on what a remarkable game we got to witness on? <laughs> yeah, let's let's go. Let's go back. Let's let's hit the timeline. I know I know everybody's heard this week what they don't want to listen to. I mean, my god. <laughs> Through three quarters, it was pretty nice, but man, what a debacle! What happened to that offensive line? What happened to that O line this week, Mike? Man, I whew, I was pretty fired up. I don't know if anybody, any of the listeners, read our article about the keys to success, but I was talking about us reestablishing Tennessee's dominance on the offensive line and running the ball down their throats and making Philip Fulmer proud, and um, <laughs> that didn't happen. So sure what do we on the ball for? Was it one yard or negative one yard? Negative one yard. Okay, negative, negative one yard rushing. So needless to say, uh, didn't really help that we had All-American returning Trey Smith. Didn't really help we had All-SEC player Cade Mays. Um, two five-star offensive tackles, a six-year senior at center. We just flat out got dominated on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, so hate to see that. Hate to honestly take a step back down to earth. I think after last game against Missouri and against South Carolina, we really felt like, Hey, we've got this thing rolling. Um, but to me, it looked a lot, um, looked like a lot of times it was less about, you know, just flat out getting dominated on the pass blocking as much as it was confusion about who was supposed to block who. Um, yeah, that, I, mean, I, I, I agree both, with that. Like, yeah, certainly they were both, but, I'll, I'll say from from my memory, and I didn't go back and rewatch it, but it seemed like it was more of guys shifting the wrong way and then just leaving wide open gaps for their outside linebackers to rush through. That little shift that the Georgia off or defensive line was doing uh, right before the snap seemed to really throw our guys off. Um, that crushed yeah, us. I just, yeah, crushed it really us, did. man. Ugh. Yep. I don't even know. Like, I, I, that's another part. I will say. Uh, my offensive line career was, I mean, were we the greatest Dayton City offensive line of all time? Probably. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that. <laughs> Dayton City Middle School Sweatbees. Um, you weren't coming through. 
there were some absolute legends on there. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would like to think that we were the greatest of all time. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm a part of an also great offensive line back in the right. Dane City Middle School days. But that was all my career consisted of. So I didn't see a lot of shifting, if you know what I mean. You know, like that back in the day, it, we didn't have those kind of middle scores. Uh, right. But everybody was afraid to shift on us is what I'm basically saying. But right, 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 right. it can't be fun. And that's, but also, as you pointed out earlier, the accolades and future accolades of these guys, you should figure out ways to handle that. But there's just a lot of missed assignments. And, you know, JG got ripped for it this week. So I wanted to ask you, are you on the team offensive line fault? Or Team JG's fault for the turnovers and um, the debacle that was the probably the um, last what 18, 20 minutes. Yeah, geez, I, I think really, and I hate to use the cop out, but to me, it's definitely both. Like JG's got to learn how to protect the ball, and I know he said I had two hands on the ball all night, um, and maybe that's true, but maybe work on grip strength or something because clearly that's not cutting and you can't fumble it every time you get hit from behind. So um, I get it. Like there was a lot of times where guys were getting to him untouched on a two second clock, but at the same time, I mean, goodness, you gotta, you gotta do something about that. You can't just fumble every time you're getting hit. And I don't know that it would have made all too much of a difference. I mean, maybe we don't get beat by, you know, 21 or whatever it was. Um, throw three touchdowns, but I do think, you know, looking back, the offensive line played horribly, of of course, and then JG, honestly, was sloppy with the ball. So I'm not one of those people that's calling for JG to be benched. Um, I do – I definitely think that he's not great, honestly, but I don't know that you – if you roll out somebody else at this point that it's going to give you a better chance to win because I'm not really sure that anybody would have really kept us in the game against Georgia – no. Unless we had Lamar Jackson back there, you know, yeah. somebody that can just run for his life, get outside the pocket and make plays. But um, there's not a guy like that on the roster. So I just say, uh, I mean, I think you kind of just got to keep on rolling with JG and hope you can protect a little bit better and see if that translates. Cause I think first two weeks he looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last year. He's the, Guys, it's probably going to sound bad, and I don't mean it to, to sound as bad as it probably does, but he's the best of the worst, what we've got, you know? There's a reason that we went – there's a reason Pruitt and Chaney went back to JG after they gave Maurer the chance. Uh, I know people are telling me Shrout has gotten better over the offseason, but there's a reason JG's still playing because, yes, Shrout has an absolute unit of an arm. That thing's beautiful. Like the best, I I think you even said it a couple weeks ago. Like the best ball thrown last season was the overthrow pass from Trout. (laughs) And I don't know, man. I I don't think I want Harrison Bailey in there yet. Are you in that camp? Are you wanting to give him a shot? Like if it gets, if it's similar ish to last week, are you in the camp of giving Harrison a shot now? Or do you want to, because I kind of want to hold on to it. But what do you think? Yeah, for me, um, I'm kind of convinced that it would be better to just continue to roll out JG. Harrison Bailey didn't have 
summer camp, fall camp to get ready, really. He was out a lot of the season or a lot of the practices because of contract or contact tracing. I keep saying that. Um, <laughs> and he, he's getting Buzzwords. he's getting chances during those Sunday scrimmages. I don't know if you read about that, but um, Tennessee is starting to do scrimmages every Sunday to give some of the guys that don't get to play extra like game reps or live reps. Um, Harrison Bailey took every single one of those. So I think that they're giving him kind of the practice that he needs to try to get him ready. So that way he can be ready if that time comes. Um, Cause I do think he's probably got the most talent and the most upside on the roster of all the guys. I just think he's, I think he's pretty far out from, from being ready for the sec at this point in part because of the limitations on practice and the limitations on rep that he reps that he's experienced uh, coming into the season. So for me, I uh, definitely think he's the guy I want to see next year uh, as he has an offseason prepare and maybe the tail end of this year if we can do more of the scrimmages and maybe slowly introduce him into the offense. But you don't want to introduce a guy too soon, wreck his confidence, and then you know have a hard time getting him back for next season because he's a guy that I think you're going to lean on for the years to come. Yeah, you don't want to have the ever-forbidden David Carr aspect, the the theory of – if you put a guy in too early and he gets crushed, he's going to have those same demons that I feel like JG does, where he's already yep. got a clock in his head. Even when he has protection, yep. Jar- Jarrett already has a clock in his head where he's like, ah, I got to panic, I got to go. And that's another part mm-hmm. where you can't you can't get that out of your head, it seems like, for Gorontano. So I don't know, man. I, I think. I think that's just a big fan theory where they're like, well, why this is the future. I'll say it again. I've said it about 15 times. I feel like in some forums and different things else, he's the future. Yes, but he's not the near future. And you have Mm -hmm. to keep holding on with this JG run. I think he's the best chance to win. He's the guy that knows the system as well as anybody. He's made some really good throws. We've talked about that, man. He's dropped some dimes. He's also made some, horrendous errors and most of it's actually timing i don't think some of these are just like duck lame ducks that he's just throwing it out there it's just a lot of timing because some of the stuff's there the interception gray was pretty open right off the bat but he waited he waited and that's when like he panicked and he just threw that softball in the air so Mm. um i don't know i always feel like that's a tough tough out (laughs) for JG because he still has some demons and that's, that's a hard thing to fight. So I don't know. I think it's just a game to get past. They're good, man. Georgia is really good. That defense yep. is unbelievable, right? Yep. I don't know. And who knows? Yeah, it may ahead. be, it may be that they show up to Alabama. They may do the same thing to Alabama. They did to us, you know, like we yeah. just don't know. Um, I do think that that defense is incredible. Like, I do think that. I also Mm -hmm. think that because of the limited amount of reps that we had in practice, that the offensive line was not prepared. Um, And I don't mean, like, just this week. I mean, you know, we didn't have maybe time for them to gel as a unit uh, like you would normally like before you go up against an elite SEC defense like that. So, um, I mean, give credit where credit's due. They came. They were ready to play. And they've got an extremely talented roster. Um and I think it'll be interesting to watch this Saturday. I think the game against Alabama will be a good litmus test. If if Alabama shows up, blows them out, then I think we'll know that maybe we're not 
<laughs> looking too great and we've got some serious strides to make. But, I mean, I think there's a chance that Georgia really shows up and beats Alabama by 10 points, honestly. I I don't know. I just don't really buy the, the Mac Jones hype, honestly. But we'll he see. looked good. He looked good. I don't know. I know it's against Ole Miss, but he he did look really good. I, here's an aspect: you ever see those quarterbacks when the the way they move in the pocket? And I, gosh, I'll I'll bash him for a few seconds just in a comparison standpoint. But I watched Mac move in the pocket; it collapsed on him. Where we all feel like JG's almost a half a second late of stepping up in the pocket, and then even when he steps up in the pocket, like he's. They're so close and he's so late that you get a shoulder tug so that he doesn't even have full momentum going forward. So like it's a combo of things. Like if he's half a step faster in his reading of what's going on in the pocket, he's art he's gonna be able to move faster. He's gonna have some more momentum to get a get a little more torque on a throw. It's little things like that. And I saw Mac do that just a perfectly timed when the rushers came from the edge, the pocket formed, he stepped up. And he he made the little side slide, little side shuffle, and threw an absolute dime. And I'm like, that's a kid that we didn't even think was going to have a chance to really be like he was going to be back to the game manager of LSU or LSU Alabama. You know, like you thought you're going to get back to the old school quarterbacks that they've been using for the last what well, seems like 15 years outside of outside of Tua or Jalen. I mean, like even Jalen yeah. as a thrower was a kind of that way. So like you're like okay, but Mac made some really good. He had really good footwork, and that's that's something I just don't see it from Jarrett. And it's just all about timing. And like when you're thinking too much, and things are what's crazy is like you're thinking too much, you're going slower, but your mind's moving so damn fast, you don't know what to do. And that's what I feel like with JG sometimes. And I get why this, especially this last week, Georgia's speed was faster than I even anticipated. Like, I don't know. If, I mean, because we always tell you, I know you said something about last week, you know, their their speed on defense is going to be tough to go laterally, but they were incredible. And I, I don't yep. know. I, it's tough to, it's tough to put in a comparison because you're just like, man, with, even with Mac, you have somebody that can make a good slide step, step forward into the pocket and throw a freaking laser on a, deep out you're like oh okay that's a throw that really good college quarterbacks make and we just don't have those much Mm -hmm. that sucks but yeah i i don't know i think that george is gonna have a a really nice showing this week but did you uh do you see that with saving out that that is with saving off the sidelines game plan in place everything else i was listening to cowherd today he is saving himself is a two and a half point difference on the spread in this game. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep, I heard that is crazy. Honestly, wow! I, like really I good, really good college players aren't that. Nope. <laughs> but I mean, I think Nick Saban. You know, a lot of people make the argument that he's going to go down as one of, if not the greatest, college football coach of all time. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, after he quits at Alabama and takes over Texas and then leads them to the national <laughs> championship. <laughs> Get the heck <laughs> out of the it. SEC, man. Get out of here. Get out of here. What uh I mean like offensively, 
what did you expect out of Georgia and what actually happened? Like in your mind, like last week, did you expect them to, to be what they were? Cause I mean, I, I think that our defense, I feel like this Tennessee defense really stood up early on and they just got gassed and then they put it on. Like I, I thought if our offense could have really been there, this could have been a close game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the defense had big moments where I think, you know, I was really impressed with their fourth down stops. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half looked pretty good. And I think it was just a matter of, even though we kept it close in the first half, they really dominated um, possession and and uh, looked like a good team. So, yeah, I think I think that kind of caught up with us in the second half. Really, if you look at the possession, I want to say they had possession for twelve minutes more, fourteen minutes more, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that just kind of caught up with us a little bit in the second half. I mean, obviously there was a lot of things. It wasn't just the time of possession, but having your defense on the field against such a good team like Georgia for 36, 37 minutes that game, um, yeah, that's going to add up. And I think particularly when we don't have the depth that Georgia has, like they can they can rotate guys out and their second uh, string defensive players are going to have five stars mixed throughout, like high-level four stars. We just don't have that luxury yet. So I think that's kind of why you saw such a tremendous drop-off in the second half in addition to the breakdowns and protection that led to the turnovers. Yeah. It kind of kind of broke your heart because I really felt like that defense came to, came to play. Um, yep. Man, Toto, dude's going to be a legend. Yep. I mean, really, I don't think he's going to quite be on – remember Eric Berry's status? Like those years, yep. that those years, that dude was like Mount Rushmore for, like at like while he was at the school, what he was, right? Legend, legend. I I really think Henry's gonna wind up being like that guy. He's gonna be close. I don't think that's tough. I, I don't know. You got Peyton. You got Eric. There's some others that have just been so legendary while they were there. It's just different. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I really thought they showed out, and I was pleased. I thought that was a really good step going into this week. Um, let's roll. Let's roll on to Kentucky. Tired of talking about that freaking game. Um, <laughs> so going into this game, what are your expectations? Because I feel like when you look at, like I was looking at the SEC overall stats today, offensively and defensively, it's really similar rankings wise i don't think some of the some of the numbers aren't the same but like where they're ranked at in some aspects are really close like overall offense and stuff like that and they those can be different but it's funny how they balanced out as far as i think kentucky's obviously their passing's a little bit lower than tennessee's and but their rushing attacks pretty close but we've obviously tennessee fell off last week so do you think this is going to be a close game or our stat lines and stuff like that probably going to be a little bit skewed because I, I I don't know how you feel talent wise. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that for, or I'm sorry, I think that Kentucky matches up pretty well with us um, in a lot of ways. I think that overall we are the more talented team. Uh, I think that rankings would kind of agree with that. I do think, 
Um, they've done a good job at developing the talent that they have, and and they are recruiting gradually and gra- um, at a higher and higher level. Yeah. So I think coming into the game, um, I think their offensive line is pretty strong. I think we're probably a, a little bit better on the O-line. They were ranked by some people as a top three or four offensive line in the SEC this year. Damn. I think that might have been a little bit bullish, um, but – I do think that they they return a lot of experience on the offensive line. I like um, Terry Wilson as a quarterback. He didn't play great against Mississippi, Mississippi State, but he did play really well against um, Ole Miss despite the loss. So I don't know, you know. And then obviously they've got Joey Gatewood, the transfer from Auburn. I think, honestly, I would probably – I would say quarterback is probably a push. Um, mm-hmm. And depending on which version of Garantano we get, I think you could make the argument that they would have the slight edge at quarterback if he plays like he did against Georgia or if he plays like he does against Missouri, then I would probably give us a slight edge. So maybe roughly a push there, Terry Wilson on his day versus Garantano on his day. Um, And then running backs, Tennessee slight edge. Wide receivers, I would give Tennessee the edge. I don't really think that Kentucky has too much on the perimeter. Um... And then defensively, um, I think, you know, I think we've got the better defense, truthfully. I, I I don't think they're bad defensively. I don't know quite as much as I do about their offense. But um, I think on the front seven, we're showing that, you know, we're able to get some production. I think mm-hmm. um, having DeAndre Johnson back will be a big help. I think that was really sad that we didn't get to see him play against Georgia for the most part. Um but yeah, what are your thoughts for the game? Like, what are you expecting to see? Um, I really think this offensive line is very motivated. I I think that they got some they got some national attention before this game, and that it led to when you're on that stage that like every SEC fan is understands what Sunday or what Saturday three thirty means. But there was a lot of like, hey, man, I'm definitely going to tune into that Tennessee-Georgia game. There's a lot of national talk about that game from people that aren't usually big college people. But there was a big, uh, there was a big, a lot, of, a lot of hype on that that Tennessee offensive line. That was an every, that was every little nugget from the Cowherds, the Rosillos, to the Simmons, or whoever else that's like talking about Saturday and gambling or whatever else. Like that Tennessee offensive line. So. Every little snippet has to do with that offensive line. So they got a lot of clout, and they didn't show up when they had that national stage. So I think those right. guys are going to be very motivated. I can't even imagine. Like, because obviously if you're a coach of that, that O-line, then you understand and you probably have higher expectations and will never say anything nice because that's just not how it usually operates. Like, yeah, you're going to give them credit when credit's due, but – probably not to the same standard like we're oh well that Tennessee offensive line is the best in the country you're never going to tell your own guys that probably unless you're doing the weird fired up things like you're the best bleep bleep like, you know all sorts of cuss words drop like the typical college football coach hype speech love it um those guys are going to really come to play so I think that's going to be a big part of it and that once again the stat line is going to show you I'll, I'll even get to this in the major keys but the stat line is going to show you that they attack the ball and they've got six six interceptions. They lead the SEC in interceptions. They all came from last week. 
and the debacle that it was the Mississippi State game. Like that was just whoa. Man, poor Mississippi State. Fall from grace after game one. Um, but they're they're just gonna show um, excuse me. Gonna show a lot of skewed stats. So I think they're they, they don't have any other turnovers besides that game. So I really think this offensive line's gonna take advantage. They're gonna run we're gonna get back to running the ball. And I I really think I'm with you. I I just don't see a whole lot of talent on that defense. Um I'm with you. I don't know a ton about it. I know more a little bit more about their offense than I do their defense. But um, we're going to have to contain. Scary Terry is the real deal. They've always they're always producing running backs. Um, two weeks ago against Ole Miss, they had over 400 yards. So there's a lot to have to contain and deal with. And you know Terry's been a better thrower this year. He's been a little bit more accurate, and they're attacking spots. I, saw, I watched a little bit last week. They didn't have to do a whole lot because that defense did so much for them on the against the against Mississippi State. But I, I think they're going to be ball hawking. So just if, if Tennessee takes care of the ball, I really think this is going to be a a significant margin victory, like you know fourteen to twenty one. I don't know if that's right yeah. or wrong, but I think that's how it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I just, other than the, the six picks against a disastrous Mississippi State team, where you know we could have gone out there and done for the Pirate what they were doing anyways. So, poor Costello just lost it, and I think their backup even had two picks. It was, oh, came back, and I was watching that game. I was already sad. I'll be honest with you, I got a box of snack cakes and McDonald's on the way home. Um, and um, just had a little sad session. I watched Mississippi State get beat down, and my roommates went to Mississippi State. So it was just uh, it was just a lot of sadness up here in the household, and um, <laughs> not not great. Uh, it was it was raining. It was like such a cliche, it's just like that sad rain outside. A good solid pour, but no thunderstorms. Just a good solid pour on, on my drive home, and I just cranked up the James Blunt music and had a good day. Um, yeah, so I, I really think that this team's good. I think Tennessee's really going to rally back this week and take advantage of some some Kentucky over-enthusiasm. We'll say that. I don't know if that – Yeah. I don't know if that's, uh, that's going to actually happen, but that's how I believe it's going to happen. Hey, we got to have some faith every now and then, especially after the outcome we just saw this last week. Um yeah, I think going forward, I really think this Tennessee is going to show up hungry and ready to play. Like I remember back in Tennessee's glory days, we were going down to play Miami. Um, and the week before Miami, we played Miami. I want to say they were playing Virginia Tech. And Miami had, a, I think, a pretty big win streak coming into that game. And they blew it. And I was like, crap, this isn't good. This isn't good. Like, we're going to get blasted because Miami's going to show up ready to play. Didn't work out that way, but I think that's kind of the mentality. Anytime you see a team get embarrassed, and frankly, Tennessee in that second half got embarrassed, and I think that this team is talented enough and has enough leadership and strength to bounce back from that. I think Trey Smith will lead the charge on the offensive line. Um, I think we've seen that Kentucky can slow down the passing attack. Like I think that you're going to have to rely on running the ball, and I don't actually want to talk too much further because I know we want to get into our major keys, but – um, yeah, I'll, I'll put a pin in it there before we jump to the major keys. But I think that looking for, uh, this, this team to bounce back, I think that's what we'll see. Honestly, 
And uh, that's kind of what we've grown to expect to see from these Jeremy Pruitt-led Tennessee teams is a, a team with resiliency. Um, we saw it last year, and I think we'll see it again on Saturday. Yeah, I I, I don't think there's going to be a second-half wave of I, – I just don't feel like this team came to play in the second half, really. Um, maybe some aspects, but for the most part, they it, they didn't. And I, I think uh, Jeremy Pruitt and his – yes, okay, this may be a little insensitive to somebody out there, so sorry ahead of time, I guess. But I, there was a guy at the watch party last week that referred to Pruitt as the leader of the Tennessee Taliban with his mm-hmm. hood ornament. And I was like, wow, I don't know how I should – I don't know if I should <laughs> laugh or not. But that was a good joke, and it was very well timed, you know. So I was like, "Dang!" Yeah. Shout out to that dude. Um, so I, I think he's going to get everybody ready to play this week. I, I'm, I'm with you. It's embarrassment, especially for the 18 to 22 year old category, especially the male category. Yeah, you, you hate it. There's a lot of ego. There's a yep. lot of ego in those boys, and I think they're going to be really ready to play and get back to some sort of national picture because. You know, they're still not out of it uh, with Florida and Georgia. One of those, you know, they, they, there's a lot that could happen there. And, you know, there's still a lot left, lot left to play. But it's time, Mike. Mike Piper, it is time for our Major Keys of the Week, baby. So insert, insert fun. Uh, what's his name? I'm totally losing it. Uh DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Yeah, dude. Insert DJ Khaled here. Um, do you want to start with me? Uh, first key is don't look back to last week. Congratulations. You played yourself. Boom. No, um, yeah, anyway, bad joke. But we'll jump <laughs> forward into uh, the key. Number one, the key for me is to dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, this Tennessee team, like you said, man, we took a e- shot to the ego last week. The offensive line is hopefully going to be angry, ready to prove themselves against the likes of Kentucky. Um, obviously still a formidable opponent, but also not at the level of that Georgia team we saw down in Athens. So mm-hmm. I think I look for Tennessee to establish a run game early and often to kind of get these offensive line guys back in the rhythm. Um, I watched Bussin' with the boys. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. I'm sure you probably are oh, as a yeah. Titans fan. Um, but one of the things that I saw on one of the podcasts, I believe it was David Bakhtari. I don't know if I mispronounced his name. Offensive tackle Bakhti- for the Bakhtiari. Packers. Bakhtiari. Okay. Um, and seemed like a cool dude. Like, But they were talking about how one of the best feelings in the world is pushing another man, a place he doesn't want to go against his will. And so I think you kind of can improve the psyche of this offensive line going forward. Uh, if you can let them just push this Kentucky defensive line all over the field, mm-hmm. impose our will. They've shown that they can stop the pass. They stopped the air raid last week against Mississippi state. Part of that is because Mississippi state, uh, wasn't willing to run the ball when Kentucky was dropping eight into coverage. Um, which hopefully Leach will learn from that and realize, Hey, I've got a pretty good running back. Um, let's run the ball when they're dropping eight into coverage because that's going to be hard to watch if not. But um, all that to say, I think Tennessee will rely heavily on the run. And I think that starts in the trenches. I think you gotta, you gotta give these guys some help, um, kind of help them 
come back from that abysmal showing they had last week against Georgia. So that's my first major key. Love that. Love that. I'm going to go um, on the defensive, on the uh, offensive side as well here. I'm going to say I really want this offense to attack their gambles. I think these guys are going to be, I think their defensive backs are going to be salivating. They're going to want a little bit of that taste they had last week. Six picks, six picks. Those guys are going to be ball hawking again. And I, I, like I said, I, to use what I was saying before we started the keys, this offensive line is going to come to play. They're going to give JG time. So with that time, JG's going to be able to look off defenders. He's going to have, like, those guys are going to be just flying all over the field. So keep those safeties moving. And when they're in zone, keep those corners moving. And I think he's going to have to just look a couple guys off, and it ain't going to take much. And those guys are going to be sprinting to get a pick. That's just 18 to 22-year-old alpha male brains in their workings. That's what they want. They want a little bit of that taste, a little bit of that glory from last week. Tennessee's a more formidable opponent. They're still ranked. You know, there's going to be a lot there. So I think if JG plays his cards right, he can have some really big pass plays. So just attack those gamblers because it creates even more of like a quicksand effect. If they start missing, they're going to want to try to get back, get it back the next time. They're going to want to get, get in the back the next time because they got another big play on them. So I think if JG looks these guys off, these these wide receivers that have played this this group has actually played really well for for what's gone on so far. I've been actually really proud to see Palmer's been a good number one guy. Johnson's been good. Uh, Velas Jones is still he's a he's a a freaking speed demon. So yeah, I think we're going to get those guys involved a little bit more this week. And um, at, at, on big plays, I, I'm with you. I think they should still attack with the running game this week, especially if they drop an eight into coverage. But really think there's going to be a good chance to have some big plays. And it's not going to take much. Just look a couple guys off. Do your simple things as an SEC, you know, Division One quarterback, whatever you want to say. You know how to do this stuff. So just a simple look off is going to get these guys flying. So I think attack their gamblers is my number one major key this week. What's your number two, buddy? Number one. Uh, number two, my second major key would be to contain the passer. Now that pertains more to if we see more of uh, Scary Terry than Joe Gatewood. But how many times have we seen as Tennessee fans – Tennessee just get lit up by a dual threat quarterback. Mm. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. I think we're in a better spot. Jeremy Pruitt's defenses seem to play with a lot more discipline than maybe defenses we've seen in the past. Um, But I feel like that's going to be key because I don't really think that Kentucky has receivers necessarily that are going to just be able to split the field wide open. Um, But I think, you know, if we can contain the quarterback and keep him from rushing like he did against – Ole Miss, because I, I want to say he was the team's leading rusher against Ole Miss, uh, yeah, Terry Wilson. So sure was. He's he's a guy that he can pick up a lot of yards on the ground, and I think that this defense needs to commit a linebacker to spy him, whether it's Toto or um, I don't know. I mean, whoever really. So Banks, yeah, Crouch, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I think that would be my second key. Kind of hit one on offense, one on defense, um, and that brings us to your second key. My second key, man. Um, I really think, and I, I'm gonna pick on the linebackers just a little bit. And I got it's a it's a little combo. 
I think that this defensive scheme has to be in a spot where they can't keep getting these guys into one-on-one coverage. Our linebackers don't move wonderfully laterally when it comes to coverage against any sort of tight end or wide receiver. So just be cautious and stay in your spots and be disciplined. Don't don't bite on fakes. And also, I'm gonna just it's not it's not a third, but I'm gonna wrap it into two because these linebackers wrap up, make tackles because Terry's gonna get out. He's gonna have his plays. These running backs are gonna have their little plays when they get through the front, make tackles. That's my big thing is I want these linebackers to make tackles. Just to these, I think these linebackers are really good, but there are flaws. And Toto is. Obviously a freak show, but Banks has his quirks that can really mess you up. So these guys are going to have to make tackles and be good in coverage. So these linebackers playing great is my major key for this week. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. All right. So I guess that finishes up for the major keys this week. Um, Man. You got anything else for us? Man, last thing. This SEC season has been a lot of fun so far. I think uh, that that noon slate on Saturday of games was really awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched. I mean, I, not even even not even through the I'll see even college football, not even the SEC, but North Carolina Virginia Tech, the the Red River rivalry, Red River rivalry. Gosh, words are hard, folks. And then you had the Florida. A&M game like this has been a really good college football season so far and I was actually kind of worried I was like oh here we go Bama Georgia Clemson Oklahoma but no that's kind of worked I mean like all that's kind of worked out itself but there's been a lot of other good teams where we thought Florida was going to be possibly the other contender but now Mm -hmm. A&M goes in there and shocks him because I didn't think A&M was ready. I didn't – I don't trust Kellen Mon, But, nope. yeah, dude, plays an awesome game. Dude had his big game. That noon slate was amazing on Saturday. So, good times. What are you thinking so yeah. far? Like, overall, like, you really like this? I mean, without fans and everything else considering, so far, really good college football season? Yeah, I mean, I've been – I think it's been one of the more dramatic college football seasons just because – you know, you didn't really know what to expect, if we were going to have football, what it was going to look like, if there were going to be fans, are we going to have non-conference? Like It just seemed like there was a lot of unknowns coming into the season, and it's been nice to have college football kind of restore a sense of regularity to our lives, normalcy to our lives, even though things aren't really normal. Um, but, yeah, I think I've enjoyed, like you said, like that Texas A&M-Florida game was one of the better games I've watched in a while, a lot of back mm-hmm. and forth and it ended with Florida losing. So that obviously made me very happy. Um, but yeah, I think I've been surprised by several of the outcomes. Uh, Arkansas has been kind of a surprise contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, not contender, but surprise, like, I guess, from how bad they've been the last several years. Um, Mississippi State showing up, knocking off LSU. LSU's been worse than we thought they would be. Florida's maybe been better than they thought they would be up until the Texas A&M game. I think Georgia's better than we thought they would be. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's kind of been one of those that 
you didn't really know what to expect. Um, and I think even still not knowing what to expect, there's still been a lot of surprises, a lot of excitement, and I'm curious to see what the rest of the season will look like. But it looks like it's going to be a great season. I'm really digging the 10-game SEC schedule because I think we'll get to see um, – you really get to see what teams are made out of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I really agree. I think it's uh, it's going to be a good year. Um, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, I think there's going to be some times where – we're going to see 10 to 15 cases on each team. We're going to have to maybe miss a game, but by God, they set it up because they knew this was going to happen. They can move around the SEC championship game. College football, like with the NBA not starting and the unsurety of even college basketball, there's still so much room to maneuver for these teams because football can just own it. You know, that they're going to own that part of the year this year. And you're going to be fine. So obviously it, a lot of it revolves around money and a lot of it's going to revolve around safety as well. So those two are kind of going hand in hand in a weird way this year. So if they have to move anything, they will. Guess what? They'll bump it back a week. They'll make it two weeks. It's going to be the same thing in the NFL. I really think there's going to wind up being some weird eighteen week 18, 19. That's okay. They can move the Super Bowl. They can move the SEC championship. They can move the national championship. It all can be figured out because of the lack of fans, really, this year. Uh, stuff like this can't happen next year, obviously. But yeah, this year you have flexibility um, in a brutal year. But, yeah, this has been fun, and I think it's going to continue to be fun. So you're going to have some weird – if you're a gambler, every week is going to be like, oh, crap, Kyle Trask or Pitts are out this week or, you know – Toe Toe's got COVID for a two week period. You're like, oh crap! What are the you know gamblers are going to be freaking out? But overall, I think it's going to be a really fun year. It's going to be different. It's going to be trying at times, and yeah, we're not getting Florida LSU, but there's going to be some other good games around. So yeah, going to be a fun season, buddy. This is a fun podcast. Um, anything else you want to tell the people? Um, I guess I just like to say. Good sports always recycle. I love that. I absolutely love that finisher. So, as always, folks, welcome to Valhalla. Thank you so much. 